Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In this chapter, Paul gives a, a summary of the gospel. And then he goes on to talk about the resurrection. And in verse 12 he says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins, then also they which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. What Paul is saying here that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the central theme of our hope and our faith. If Christ hasn't risen from the dead, then, he says, we're the most miserable of people. Because that is our dependency, that Christ has risen from the dead. What a wonderful day this is, really, when we think of it. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He arose a victor o'er the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. In our Lord's time, you know, there were people who didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead, just as there are many today, many in positions of authority. Most of the Orthodox Jews in Christ's day would have believed in a future resurrection. But there were some who didn't. In Matthew 22, 23, the same day came to him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. And that's why they were called Sadducees, because they were Sadducees. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They had no hope. And while answering them, incidentally, Jesus, they came to him with trick questions. Oh, about some man who had, or a woman who had, some person who had married a few times and different wives and things. And who are they going to be, who, who, when they get to heaven, who was going to be the husband and wife? And all those kind of trick questions you get. You know, we're warned against those kind of 
endless genealogies which uh, people love to discuss and talk, but they're not getting anywhere. And they just don't want to believe. And then they come up with all these different ideas. And Jesus said in Matthew 22 and verse 31 and 32, he says, But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? He didn't say, I was the God of Abraham, I was the God of Isaac, I was the God of Jacob. No, he says, I am. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all departed saints of the, in the Old and New Testament are alive in glory. This was obvious when Christ was transfigured. Moses and Elijah appeared to him and discussed things about his future, what he was going to have to suffer. They weren't dead. They, they, were, they appeared to him, talked with him. And they were so real that Peter said, let's make uh, three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for you. He wanted to, he wanted to keep that moment. God is the God of the living, not the God of the dead. Resurrection is a key factor, a key fact in the Christian faith. And if we don't believe in resurrection, and in particular the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says we might as well give up. We're miserable because we don't have any hope. Went to a funeral, I was saying, uh, last Thursday, and of course those, that familiar passage was read recite it when Jesus spoke at the grave of Lazarus and Martha said I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the last day the Jews believed that that there would be a resurrection and then Jesus said I am the resurrection and the life he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live and whoso liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? That's how that verse finishes. Believest thou this? That's the crux of it. If we don't believe that, we're the most miserable people, Paul says, in the world. We have to believe it. We have to trust it. We have to put our whole basis of faith and trust on the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Because if he didn't rise from the dead, then Paul says, our faith is vain. Believest thou this? A most important question he asked Martha. She said, I do believe. You know, our Lord spoke, as Brenda prayed, of his own resurrection as a very practical fact. He just, in the course of his conversation, he says, but after that I am risen. He knew he was going to rise from the dead. No man taketh his life from him, he said. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power 
to take it again. He said that's what he'd received from his father. You know, just as sure as he rose from the dead, so shall we. It's our, it's our basis. As Jesus rose from the dead, so shall we. But Jesus elsewhere also pointed out that there were two distinct features regarding future resurrections. There are two distinct features. If you look at John 5, 28 and 29, he's speaking and he says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Two distinct types of people here he's talking about. Those who have done good and he's not saying good works is getting them to this resurrection but done the right thing by accepting and trusting in the risen God. He says, all them that have done good, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. And then there's another group, he says, they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Very solemn, that. You know, in, in Mark chapter 9, when Jesus was uh, and the disciples were coming down from the mountain of transfiguration. They, they, they had seen this wonderful uh, transfiguration of, of, of Jesus Christ in his glory. And as I say, he, uh, Moses and Elijah had appeared unto him. And as they were coming down, in verse 9, and they, as they descended from the mountain, he charged them that they should relate to no one what they had seen unless when the Son of Man should be risen from among the dead. And they kept that saying, questioning among themselves what rising from among the dead was. Now the, the King James says rising from the dead, but it's not right. It should read rising from among the dead. And that's different. Rising from the dead would not have been a problem for the average Jew. The average Orthodox Jew realized that there was going to be a resurrection of the dead. But Jesus was saying he was going to rise from among the dead. And Paul in Philippians 3.11 says much the same thing. If any way I arrive at the resurrection from among the dead. From among the dead. And that's a different concept. What our Lord and later Paul was saying was that they were to be resurrected from among the dead. And that's different from the resurrection of the dead. And I'll try and explain it. The hope of every Christian is not just the resurrection of the dead, but resurrection from among the dead. And that is a completely different concept. 
This concept immediately implies a separation, a separate resurrection. Obviously, all were not rising together. Not one general resurrection, as is taught, but a resurrection of some from among the dead. Now, we believe, therefore, that the rapture of the church which is an event which will take place, we believe, at any time. And the church will be raptured. There's going to be a great disappearance, you know, some of these days. Imagine the scenario. What's going to happen? People will be saying, what's happened? Where's everybody gone? Life was somewhat normal, and then unexpectedly, millions of people have disappeared. It's amazing. If we think of it, everyone has been affected. Mothers, fathers, grandparents, children, cousins, uncles, aunts, boys, girls. All part of a group that have disappeared. The rapture has taken place. The church has been taken. Not everyone, it seems. But certain people have gone. You can imagine what it would be like. Well, we can't. It's very hard to understand what has happened. What has happened? Where have all the people gone? Why did it happen? What will happen next? And all the answers are found in God's word. And this is the difference between rising from the dead and rising from among the dead. Because we try and explain it. What we believe will happen is that the church has been raptured. The Lord Jesus has come to the skies, to the earth, and supernaturally has taken all his people to be with him in heaven. Exciting. We think of it. What what is the rapture? You're talking about the rapture. What is it? It's a very common question. What exact exactly is it? Well, let's start looking at some scriptures about the rapture. First Thessalonians chapter four. First Thessalonians chapter four. Verse thirteen. Paul says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. You see, the Thessalonians thought that the Lord Jesus Christ was going to come back very soon. And then some of them had died. And he said, they, they were worried about what happened to the ones who died. They'd missed, they'd missed this event that they knew was coming. And they thought it was going to happen within a very short space of time. We don't know when it will happen. That's the thing. We don't know when the rapture will take place. It can come at any moment. That is the hope of the church, the hope of Christians. And these people were concerned because the Lord hadn't come back and some of them had died. And that's why he says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. The Bible talks about Christians falling asleep, not dying. Christians fall asleep. We fall asleep and we awake in the presence of God. And he says, I wouldn't have you to be ignorant concerning those which have died, which have fallen asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. 
For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so also them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede those which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. That's what he's talking about, the rapture of the church. We will, th those who are in heaven will, will, will receive their glorified bodies first and then we which are alive. There's going to be a generation of people on this earth and sometime with, who won't die. They'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I show you a mystery. We all know these verses so well, don't we? We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Everybody, those who have gone before us, will receive glorified bodies, and we who are alive and remain shall receive those glorified bodies and be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And if you want to read on about this, in, 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 it's in 1 Corinthians 15, the chapter we've been reading. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Those who are alive and remain shall be changed as well. People will literally be taken up to meet the Lord in the air. Instantly. Instantly. At the same time, each Christian will also be transformed and receive their resurrection bodies. The ones who have already gone to glory will receive their resurrection bodies and we will receive ours. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. This verse is stating that there will be some alive when Jesus returns. He will be returning with the dead in Christ and they will receive their glorified bodies and then we will too and we will be taken up to meet him in the air. There will be a happy reunion. It's going to be a wonderful happy event. The rapture. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven. He shall not come down to the earth. He will come to the sky and we will be caught up to meet him in the sky. That's what the verses say. He'll give a shout, a command. Come up hither or something. And we'll all lie, we'll all disappear. The dead rise first. There will be a resurrection where we will be given our resurrection heavenly bodies. And then we which are alive will be caught up. Jesus at this stage will not put his foot on the ground. We know that he will come eventually to the Mount of Olives at his second coming when he will come with his saints to the earth and set his feet 
on the Mount of Olives. That's sometime later. The rapture is one event when we will be raised from among the dead. That's the difference. Raised from among the dead. The rapture when Jesus meets the church in the air and takes them to heaven. The second coming which occurs at the climax after the battle of Armageddon, after the climax of the battle of Armageddon, the Lord Jesus Christ comes back to earth and puts his feet on the Mount of Olives and sets up his kingdom, his earthly kingdom. You see, in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 51, it says, Behold, I show you a mystery. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. The rapture is a mystery that God, through the Apostle Paul, has revealed. What's a mystery? Well, in Scripture, what is a mystery? It's a new truth. It's a new truth that Paul was revealing. It was something which was hidden. And he says, I'm going to reveal it to you. I'm, I tell you a mystery. This is something which God had revealed to Paul through the Scriptures. Something not previously that people were aware of. Could the mystery be the second coming of Jesus? No. People realized that Jesus that, that there was going to be a resurrection, a general resurrection. They already knew that. Could the mystery be the, the, the resurrection of all the people who trusted God? No, that wasn't a mystery because Jesus had spoken about that. He said there was going to be a resurrection of the damned and of the of the other. That wasn't that wasn't any new mystery. They knew already about that. What was the mystery? What was this new truth? The new truth was that we shall not all sleep. We shall all be changed. That was what the new the mystery He was telling them something that they didn't realize. He says, everybody won't sleep. Some people will not die. That was the new mystery. He says, I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. That was new to them. People hadn't realized that. There is a generation of believers sometime on this earth that will go physically straight to heaven without dying. And that was certainly new. That was certainly new. Nobody had known or thought about that before. All born again true believers will be given a resurrection body. Sum up verse 51. And if you read the verses prior to that, I haven't time to read them all, but if you read the, the, the verses prior to verse 51, it says all about spiritual bodies. Let's look maybe for a minute. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body, it is raised in a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. 
And so it was written, the first Adam was made a living soul, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. So we, he's, he's pointing out that when you put a, 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 a seed in the ground, what comes up out of the ground is completely different from what, look, what the seed looked like. And what we have as natural bodies when we uh, get our spiritual bodies is going to look completely different. Because they're spiritual. It's a resurrection body we're going to. And so to sum up verse 51, what is the mystery? The mystery is that one generation will not die. And that's the rapture. How long will it take? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it's going to happen. And that's not even a blink. You, you see a little girl, she's got a little twinkle in her eye. It's gone. That's how quick it's going to happen. At the time, God's saints will be given their resurrection bodies as the church is caught up to meet the Lord in the clouds. At the exact same time, every believer in the world will be transformed and removed. And that's what it means to be raised from among the dead. It's, it's different. It's different than being raised from the dead. 1 Corinthians verse 53 it says, For this corruptible must put on incorruptible, and this mortal must put on immortality. And so this incorruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. What's going to happen? When? We don't know. Could happen today. It may not. But that's our hope. That was the hope of the early church. You know, if you look in First Thessalonians chapter one and verse nine, this was what early believers believed. Here's what it says. For they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had to, unto you. And how, this is the important bit, how ye turn to God from idols to serve the living God. These Thessalonians had <clears throat> been converted. They turned to God and they had left their idols behind. And then, what did they do? To wait for his son from heaven. To wait for his son from heaven. That was what they did. They had been converted, they had turned from their idols, they were trusting in the living God, with Jesus Christ as their saviour, and to wait for his return. Not to wait, not, they weren't expecting to die. That's the thing about these are they weren't waiting until death took them away. They expected Christ to return. That's what it says. And to wait for his son from heaven. That was their hope. They were living constantly expecting the Lord to come back. And that's why Paul had to write to some of them to, to reassure them about the ones who had died before the Lord had come back. Because they were concerned what was going to happen to them. 
The Lord hadn't come back and some of them had died. So therefore he wrote an explanation. And because Christ has risen, we have this hope. Someday we shall see our Savior face to face. Face to face shall I behold him far beyond the starry sky. Face to face in all his glory I shall see him by and by. Wherefore it says, comfort one another with these words. Don't worry. The Lord is coming. We will see our Savior someday face to face. Whether it's by death or whether it's by the rapture. If we truly trust in God, trust in Christ as our Savior, He is the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that believeth in me shall not die.